0: welcome to the official podcast of trout porn nation your source for the best in fly fishing trout media from around the globe now here are your hosts rob griggs
1: damn near broke it off Boons, 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 boons! I
0: hate you! No, I hate you! This is bullshit! I don't want to fish this pond!
2: What do you mean you don't want to fish this pond? Steve Segura. Oh, I look like an 18-year-old bush boy in a Mexican cantina. I got a little vial of tears of my haters. Ninja That's like... <laughs>
0: Shit! And Scott Long. Feathers flying through air, floating <laughs> through the
3: air. Nothing but panties. That would I don't want to awesome. bend over and cough. I thought we just got into this for the groupies. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Long
2: live Trout 4 Nation.
0: Support for this podcast comes from 5280 Angler. 5280 Angler is your premier guide for walk and wade trips on the front range. They are passionate about service and wild about fish. For more info, go to 5280angler.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Flystones. Flystones is a unique alternative to the traditional fly tying base. For more info, search Flystones on Facebook. Then place your order at flystones.net. Mention podcast and get free shipping. Hello
1: and welcome to podcast number 24. You are listening to the Trout Porn Podcast. Mm. We are here with Scott. What's up, brother? Steve. Hola. And our special guest from 5280 Angler, Gino Ray. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. Pleasure to be here. Great. Great great we are excited about tonight's podcast so let's just jump right into it dudes that's what i'm saying all right so uh scott steve where you guys been Mm -hmm. fishing
3: at uh well i'll start i uh i made it up to deckers here last week yeah i love it i know i know pretty boring but
4: (laughs) no no this time of year
3: yeah yeah this is
4: going on It is, man.
3: And they had just dropped the flows. I think this was last Sunday. Uh, They were holding it pretty steady up around 150, 120 range, and then they dropped it down to like 90 overnight, which, you know, that always kind of stresses the fish. They start thinking, oh, I need to find oxygen, not worry about food, need to go breathe, Uh, The nice thing about that is if you know where it pushes those fish back to, you can find them stacked up. So it kind of, you know, consolidates those fish into uh, some of those deeper, more oxygenated runs. So I had a fantastic day. Tricos were popping in the Mm. afternoon. And I mean, I'm not one of those people that switches to dries at the first sight of a nose. You know, I've got to be pretty compelled and... Dude, there had to been 20, 30 fish feeding in this one foam line. And I'm like, all right, I'll probably put a dry on. That's
1: my dog. <laughs> so
3: I threw a, I threw a, just a parachute Adams, like a size 22 parachute atoms, and just started pounding stuff. Did you hear that, Alice? Size 22. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need no 18s up in here. No. we need real deal bugs. Oh, that scares the fish off. That's too big.
1: <laughs> exactly. But,
3: uh, caught a couple on that. And then, uh, Tied an actual trico dry, a spinner on there, and just started pounding fish. I probably caught 20 fish on a dry and uh, caught a brown that was nice and clean, probably 19 inches. you caught a brown during spawn on a dry? I love you. Yeah, right in the ass. Oh, damn it. Right in the ass. Damn it. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I I picked him up on the Pat's rubber leg I had dropped (laughs) off (laughs) my size 22 trico.
1: (laughs) so gino if you don't know scott loves pat river
3: legs no uh, he doesn't. yeah it's my nemesis <laughs> he loves so anyway yeah it was a good time i fished uh in one of the spots i fished um gentleman came down uh you know private homeowner there who lives on the river and uh i thought oh man he's gonna come down here and give me hell about being, being too close to his private but no he was super cool in fact uh he he used to run the uh uh, the cafe there in Decker's. Uh, his name's Chris White. He was the oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Chef Chris. Um, but uh, I just wanted to mention, he's got a cool uh, website that he's put together. He's, the way he put it, he said, yeah, the internet hasn't come to Decker's yet, but when it hit, when it gets here, I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, you should check out his website. It's pretty cool. It's called uh, livedeckerscolorado.com. Huh, and there's all the links to all the river flows, to all the... Even non-fishing activities in the area, the Forest Service links, you know, all that kind of stuff is there. And then there's there's all kinds of information on activities for the area, and uh, so it's it's a pretty cool website. Uh, and then he's got a blog on there that's that's pretty neat as well. So, and he kind of alluded to the fact that he might give us a little shout out and put a, a link to the podcast on his blog. So. I'm always good with a shout out. There you we'll, go. We'll dig that so, for sure. Uh, LiveDeckersColorado.com. Check it out.
1: Everybody's networking these days. Exactly, you got to do it. Social media, baby, it's yeah. on there. Yeah, that's awesome. How many fish you catch on the dry? <sighs> on Not the, the dry,
3: bass. probably twenty. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it was Hell, just. Yeah. I mean, you basically just watched them eat and just put it right in the middle of two or three fish that we're eating and i mean those uh, 22 trico spinner you can't see that thing when it hits the water so you just land it and you see a nose come up and you set and hey there's one you know? love it so yeah it was pretty sweet Caught mm-hmm. caught quite a few on nymphs as well so it was a really good day
4: That's i've been cool. running the same rig on a, on the trico spinner fall but i'm also throwing a little 22 grip snap nice
3: behind <laughs> oh yeah you're mm-hmm.
4: taking it yeah oh yeah Dude, yeah but you, I mean, you couldn't even.
3: I, I probably wasn't even like fishing right. I just. There were so many fish eating that if you just put your fly on the surface of the water, it was going to get eaten. They probably weren't eating my fly. They were just eating stuff around it. Man, what sucks is I was there on
1: Wednesday and they dropped the flows down to 40. I'm like, Come dude, on, man. what are you guys doing? Yeah so uh, that's crazy at least you got some hookups on that it's back up
3: around 90 now good they need
1: to push it up back up damn yeah it has been for the last few days frustrating
3: well and i mean whatever the flow is if they would just leave it there for a while though the fish adjust and it gets good again and it's when they're jumping them around all over the place that the fish just get all schizo because they're not sure what's coming right but if they would just leave it you know
1: a couple weeks ago i was in uh uh, up at y camp and they had bumped it up in the middle of the day to almost 400 cfs i was like come on man you're going from well i think you and steve were there remember oh, they bumped it, it up oh yeah started pumping yeah i was yeah. like come on these fish are like oh crap i'm in survival mode yeah. now because yeah. it's so high well, it was, yeah it was, it was game on it too. was probably a few weeks about, ago yeah it was a few weeks ago mm-hmm. i was like man you got to be kidding well me. the
3: sunday when i was there i went up uh up y camp And the flows were so low that the cable, coming out of the cable at a wigwam there, that's usually pretty stacked up with fish because there's a pretty decent ledge there. But there was no water going over the top of it. So there was no fish in there. So there were probably eight guys right where the little parking area is there. Oh, yeah. That one little deep run on the (laughs) other side. There were four guys on one side of it, four guys on the other side of it, just... (laughs) Hammering fish in there because that's the only spot those fish could hold. Damn. Poor <laughs> fish. I'd hate to be a fish in Deckers. Was the guys from Dream.
1: Yeah, it probably was.
3: <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah, once they once they drop the flows from they're the like, Dream stream, they all, they're they all like, okay, let's go assume your positions. All right.
4: <laughs> they get there at four o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With their headlamps
3: on. They're like, hey, wh- where are the reds? Yeah, How are reds? we <laughs> supposed to fish? I don't see any reds here.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, what about you, Steve? Did you get out and fish any? I did on what? Friday. What? No oh, yeah. way! Oh. Hell yeah!
2: Hey, you were there watching me. I float. know. I was watching you. Yeah, I was watching you look, hook them up. It was it was a slow
1: start, but we picked them up. It was pretty yeah. good. And you picked up everything on streamers. That's what I like. I to did. see. Damn. I love that chase, man. Especially out there, they yeah. chasing it. Ooh, oh man, it. they don't
2: they don't let off over there. Pounding no awesome. that meat. Yeah,
1: pounding it. That's awesome. Meat.
2: And I was mice. telling Rob, after like a, you know, three, four days of the San Juan with your, you know, your typical sets on a midge, it's, you get back in the streamer game, you're like, oh, oh, shit. I just ripped it out of his mouth. <laughs> Strip set, baby. Still dance. Strip set. You know, so you got to keep that tip down and, keep it down and set it you know that's yeah it.
3: i was sitting there fishing i look over and i see steve like doing a quadruple strip set he's like
2: wham 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 wham
3: like damn son you setting that <laughs> shit up i seen him set so hard a fish came out of the water
1: <laughs> it was like skiing towards him i was like geez <laughs> dude i love that shit. i don't man. play
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was like that's a commitment rig 80 pound test for four pound trout i yeah, love it, it <laughs> I, I
2: dropped off my uh my commitment to leech off the back with two X. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Run it down. You don't Run have to down. worry about keeping their head up if you just
3: fly them right into the net. <laughs> they like, don't have through way the air. to get any
2: <laughs> ass tail to push it no up. No traction so. in the tail. <laughs> A lot easier that way.
3: Dude, the weather
1: was awesome on Friday, too. The weather was great. Oh, it's been absolutely gorgeous here. I yeah. know we need the rain and snow. I definitely need the rain. Yeah, it needs the rain. Yeah, I have my But it has been, out, been so, so nice. Yeah, it's been super nice. Awesome. Well, hopefully you keep fishing, Stephen. Oh, you know I will. I knew it. I knew it. Well, I actually hit up, uh, my uncle came in to visit from Tennessee. We uh, fished the Denver South Platte River uh, for carp. He caught his first carp on there. We went to Decker's on Friday. Uh, he struggled a little bit. Um, he's not in the game for the 22s yeah. on the dries. And then uh, we hit the pan for a couple days and had a great time up there. Uh, it's, it's so funny uh if you if you don't got the the toilet bowl locked up hang it and so uh <laughs> we had some friends who had it on lock so uh we got quite a few fish in there everything was on mysis. i actually uh hooked about a 22 inch got them to the net uh it was on a 22 uh bead midge what's those called those uh the Which black, one? The zebra black, midge, you know, black beauty, or black beauty? Yeah, ah. I was catching him on that. I was like, yeah. Man, I don't I even know
3: that. why I tried to answer that one, here. I know here. Steve's like, here. He's <laughs> know he knows the midge game. He knows the midge game. So
1: yeah, so uh, he had a great time. Headed back on Sunday. He wasn't late for his flight. He called me on Monday of last week. and says, dude, I need to take the day off after work because I am beat tired. I was like, man, you, need you ran him around. To I did, man. We Hell drove you. all over. That's yeah, good. He got his first carp, and that's what he wanted to do. So uh he was super excited about that it wasn't a monster one but uh we'll take it it was probably dude it was nice though 15 pounds. it was respectable yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you should have seen him he was like my arms hurting i was like <laughs> uh stop being a bitch come on yeah <laughs> so he put the wood to that son i was like you ain't on no five weight now man you're on the eight so put some pressure on him we got him to the net and uh he was super excited so it was fun had a good time good time so Gino. I know that uh, you've been fishing or slash guiding. A you've lot. been anywhere, have you? <clears throat> a lot of deckers. Busy time for you, huh?
4: Uh, I was spending a lot of time up on the Dream Stream, right? Clients until mm-hmm. they dropped the flow and felt it was prudent to bring them to Deckers and put them <laughs> on some better fish. Yes, spending the, a lot of days on the water.
1: I know. Good days. Gino and I go back ways, and this dude's probably spends three hundred days a year on the water. That's about right. <laughs> That's about <laughs> right. I know. That's awesome. Good. Good. Well, we'll uh, bring Gino in just a few <clears throat> minutes, too. Steven, you want us to tell us about some trout porn happenings? Ooh. Because there is quite a bit.
2: Yeah, there's always the usuals, you know. But uh, calendars, 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 especially now. Yes, get them. You are uh, getting ready to head into November here in two days, so Christmas shopping has probably started for a lot of people. Yes. So uh yes. calendars are always a great gift. Speaking excellent of excellent stocking stuffer.
1: <laughs> oh uh, great stocking hey, stuffer. Speaking what? of
3: November and uh, calendars about to do the flip on the twenty sixteen
1: calendar. I was looking we're gonna go from Jennifer to who's next guys. Cheris
3: Probes. Uh
1: oh Cherish Hashtag
3: HFW. What
1: does that mean, Scott? I can't tell you. You son of a yeah. The so, world may never know.
2: <laughs> or if you know, you know. Yeah, i don't know so <laughs> i know at least gino and i don't know so
1: must be something but yeah special. So,
2: calendars man go get them stocking stuffers or uh you know gifts for for office folk or people you work with i get... cover that hole in the wall yeah you cover the hole in the wall that's
1: it there you go <laughs> and these are not bikini calendars no so folks if uh Big if uh, you are looking for a bikini calendar This is not the calendar for you. These are chicks that actually know what's up for fishing. They're legit. They're guides.
2: They're people that are out fishing. Yeah, I mean, they are, are, man. You've got fish. I mean, you've got rainbows. You've got browns. You've got bull trout. You've got steelhead in there. You know, I mean, you've got everything you want. Dude, I love it. I love it.
4: I can't wait to see who's next.
2: Yeah, it's Cherish. Mm-hmm. Cherish. She's ready. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: she what ready? Rob calls her. Her name's Cherish, but What's her name? Cherish. I call her Cherish. I'm well, like, you hey, know Cherish. you do what's up. I think half like, the hey, people do never. too. Oh. I think she likes it. Okay. Good. When you call her that. Oh. <laughs> she hits me when I call her that. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. I don't know
1: what it is. Mhm. And so, we're looking forward to it, Cherish. Yes. Cherish. Yep. yep.
3: This November, November. Yeah,
2: only uh, geez, two more Steve. flips and then you gotta get into that new calendar. So new calendar. Yeah, the more, get
3: them on order. Ebay.
2: All the more reason to get a new one. Yeah, speaking of that, where can we find them at Steve? Uh eBay. Ebay. All right. Or Scott. or my house. I got like ten of them. Damn and it, we have Scott. a bunch of uh posts. I mean they're they're you know, like I said, they're on the main Facebook page. You can get uh you might be able to get one through the Instagram. It's probably in the bio if I had to guess. Okay. It's on Twitter also. Courtney, get on that.
3: I don't know how Instagram works. (laughs) All I know is hashtags are stupid.
1: That's what I hashtag everything for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And where can we find trial porn at, Steven? Facebook, of course. Instagram,
2: Twitter, uPorn. Oh, (laughs) uPorn. What? (laughs) youtube you, youtube trout porn easy mistake <laughs> <laughs> i'm just Look, testing it
1: looks like there's going to be some extracurricular activity after the podcast yeah, i to make,
2: make, make sure you guys are uh, paying attention here yeah
1: who's in charge of the youtube
2: channel <laughs> yes that would be mr long oh, oh man what do you got going
3: on over oh, there man. scott we're starting to get some more videos in. Perfect. Yeah, I'm going to uh, be posting another one up here in a couple of days, and uh, hopefully we'll start getting more in there, uh, and we need to start making more videos as well, but uh, we, do. we need to start posting up more than more than once a week.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm going to make a vow to you. I'm going to hit the Apple store up when I get back from Oregon, and uh, I'm going to learn how to do some editing and stuff and help you out. Nice. i jump in the game with you. There you go. Yeah, fire up the real computer instead of just using my phone because it you hasn't go. been on in like three weeks.
3: You know, yeah. and the thing is, like for all the dudes out there that have GoPros. GoPro has free editing software that you can download from their website uh, I didn't do that. it's you know it's uh, if you if you've ever used any sort of video editing software it's pretty self-explanatory it's pretty uh, intuitive but uh, you know there's a lot of different ones out there I like I use one called uh, magics movie edit um, and it's it was like fifty bucks and it does. Everything you could ever need it to do.
1: Well, let me know because I need to figure out something. I mean, I can't even send an email, so we're gonna have to start with the basics. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm not an Apple user, so oh, I think shoot. I think you'll have an easier time because that's pretty much what the Apple, the Macs, and all that stuff are designed for is making videos. Gotcha.
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm making a vow to you right now, podcast number 24. When I get back, I'm gonna really dig into it. I mean, I ain't doing nothing anyway—raking leaves and fishing. That's all my life consists of.
3: And making videos. And
1: we're going to start making some videos. We'll add one, so add fishing one videos, not whatever Steve's <laughs> talking about down there. I yeah. know. Those are Dude. fishing videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We get that YouTube channel rocking. If you got any videos, get in contact with Scott, or we can find you at...
3: www.youtubetrialpornvideos.com no, just kidding. Oh, I was uh, gonna say, damn, he a website up
2: here. Jeez.
3: No, I'll uh, I'll post another. Uh, I'll post the link up again for the Google Drive. We've got yeah. a Google Drive folder. The the thing is that we've got to have the original video file in order to upload oh, it to okay. YouTube. So if you post it on YouTube and then post a link to it, I can't put it on the Trout Porn YouTube channel. I Listen have up, to. Uh, I have to have the original video file. So. Okay. We've got the uh, the Google Drive, and some folks have a little bit of a challenge with that. But so far, everybody that that has tried to upload stuff, eventually they get it figured out. Yeah,
1: cool. And if you got any questions, I'm sure that you can message Scott, and he can help you walk yeah. it through everything. Yeah. And Bo hopefully, soon me. He can yes, message me too. So cool. And then we also got H and H for all the swag. Still got mm-hmm. some swag. Appreciate that, guys. Getting some hats and shirts and stuff. Hats shirts and hats. And Cam, shirts and hats?
2: Yes. And Still got the hat, the uh, WLB specific hats on uh, Etsy. So okay, perfect. Get your beanies, folks. Get yeah. your beanies.
1: Get your beanies. Dude, now, those they things look are sweet. cool. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, and uh, she's pretty much got all states, doesn't she?
2: Uh, she hasn't bought a lot of them because there's actually like a time to print the fabric that, where we order it from. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. She's got all the the real states that have fish right now.
3: Yeah, so far, all the ones that matter. Sorry, Oregon, your flag sucks for everything putting on hats. Everything in the West.
1: We need to get some East Coast folk in there. Chris Spangler, come on, man, step in the game. I don't Jared, even know what the Ryan. Pennsylvania
3: flag looks like. I think it's square. It's probably just like a, some dude with a musket or something like yeah. that. I think
1: it's just square. So It could be. It's Spangler. just a blue square. Yeah.
3: PA. <laughs> it probably says hashtag legend on it.
1: Geez, yeah. with a big net.
3: <laughs> Love it. Love it.
1: Cool. Anything else happening that we need to know about on the social media side?
2: Uh, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I know, you know I know there's a couple, like I said, last time I said it, I know there was a couple contests getting hashed out in the background, and I think they still are. Right. I know we're trying to sum it up. Good. Yeah.
1: Good. Well, um, we're going to move into information and the how-to. It's a new segment. If you've uh, listened the last couple weeks, you've noticed that we've added a uh, a segment in where we can – teach you a little bit Hopefully drop teach some you. knowledge drop some knowledge yeah exactly right this week we're gonna since we have gino with us and uh, i know he he midge fishes quite a bit and so we're gonna go over just kind of a little bit about midge fishing especially since it's coming into winter time bugs are gonna get smaller uh the fish are gonna get a little bit more penic- finicky mm. so uh i don't know if a lot of people midge fish i know that i do i know we got i got a couple of purist buddies that dry fly fish all year they seem to struggle, but we need to tie on to midges no to way. get it done. Yeah. They, can, also, they,
3: they can have probably good success for about an hour every afternoon. Exactly. In yeah. the wintertime.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then you guys coming off to San Juan, that's the game down there, too. So I thought oh, yeah. that maybe you can learn a little yeah. bit about midge fishing. Yeah, it gets
3: a team. little midgy down there. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. Mm.
1: So what's the rule number one for midge fishing? If you're going out fishing wherever, I'm
2: going to midge fish today. What do you got? I would say my number one rule is you cannot have flies that are too small because there will always be a midge that is smaller than what you have. Hmm. I fish nothing but size 56. Oh, well, you're good. Okay, good. I don't know how you tie him on, but you're good. (laughs) Because (laughs) he uses 18X.
3: 18X. (laughs) (laughs) Tippet. Human hair. (laughs) Yeah. Red (laughs) human hair.
1: What light? I I go light tippet, fluorocarbon. Light tippet, fluorocarbon. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Scott, what you got?
3: Well, uh, I think the differentiator on my nymph or midge rig is even on the smallest midges, I use a, a rappel, a knot, the loop knot. Okay. Uh, oh, cool. I tie that on there, and some of the guys down at the San Juan were uh, asking about that. They're like, man, you're just pounding these fish, and I showed them how I rig it up. And I mean, you take even like a 6X or even a 7X tippet. If you put a size 28 midge on the end of it. 28 Jeez. You you can or even a 26 okay, or maybe go. even a 24. I was now fishing 26s down there. God, on black, the one? 26s black. Damn. And uh you can stick an inch of that tippet out the end of your hand with the bug hanging off of it and it's still straight. That bug's not heavy enough to move that line. Right. So it's just if you tie a clinch on that thing, it just locks it to the end of the line. There's no movement at all. But if you tie that little tiny loop knot in there, and I'm not talking like, you know, a, a quarter inch loop or a half inch loop like you would on a streamer. Right. But you tie that overhand knot, do the clinch loop knot, and you pull that loop, that overhand knot, as small as you can and put it right up against the hook eye and run your tag end back through it and cinch it up. It makes a loop just bigger than the diameter of the the hook eye Hmm. and if you hold that line out and wiggle it that midge just dangles off the end of it and it moves around so when you're fishing that in the water column that thing's free to move with the water because the hydraulics down there move those bugs around and those bugs aren't just you know i mean when they're approaching a fish they're not seeing a ton of movement, but those fish are getting manipulated by the hydraulics. Right. And if it's locked to the end of your line, it's just rigid going to that fish, and it doesn't look natural. And I think that makes a big difference. I think it does, too. I do I, that I with agree industry. with you,
4: Scott. Although yeah. I don't use that loop knot, I do believe it's important to have that freedom of movement at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use a lighter tippet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lighter tippet's good, too, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I'm all about the attractor above my two midges mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever and split shot. I mean, with the midges, I think you got to get them down there. And, you know, sometimes I'll utilize that swing, especially if I see, you know, some backs coming up. I'm not seeing mouths, but I see backs coming up. I'll swing it and uh, let that midge rise up through that water column and see what fish come up and eat it. Um, It always catches you off guard because you're thinking about your next cast and you let that thing swing and you're just about ready to pick it up, but it swings and
3: you hook them up. How many times times have you gotten ready to throw back upstream and then, oh, got him. (laughs) It comes. T- it comes tight. <laughs> I love that.
4: <laughs> that's one of the hardest things to get clients to do is let it swing all the way through. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can see that because the impatient. They're
3: excited. <clears throat> they are.
4: They want. They want to set up for the next cast.
3: Exactly. Yeah. That's well, it a, takes discipline for sure to, to let that swing out. But you know, honestly, for me, I that's kind of a last ditch effort for me on the swing. I, I don't. I don't let it swing every drift because Mm -hmm. the way I fish the water, I kind of break it down and I'll fish, you know, I'll fish a section of the run and I fish, you know, basically from 45 degrees above me to 45 degrees downstream of me. And if I catch a fish on the swing, the problem with that is the fish is downstream of you already and it's facing straight at you. Right. That's like the worst-case scenario. With light tippet. Yeah, that's the worst-case scenario for staying hooked up. Yeah. I mean, if you hook up with a big fish, and it's straight downstream of you, and it turns and runs downstream, good luck. (laughs) You're running. When you set the hook, your chances are you're going to pull it right out of their mouth. So I usually don't let it swing unless the fish are absolutely I can see they're feeding on emergers and they're not breaking the surface they're coming up for it and they're not hitting it on my drift then I'll let it swing and let it kind of rise up and you know you got to be it's almost like a spay thing you got to be ready to give some line when they eat that because they'll come up and eat it and move back down that's when you're going to get a good hook set if you just swing on it like a normal hook set you're gonna lose those fish, and you're probably gonna break off too. And then yeah. you got
1: fish with flies in their mouth. Yeah, so you've yeah. got to
3: approach that. If you're if you're planning to fish on the swing, you've got to have a plan for it. You've got to approach it completely differently. Yeah, don't be standing
1: behind a tree, then trying to get around the tree, right. and Chase them with downstream. four foot deep water right yeah. in front of you <laughs> downstream. <laughs> standing like, on a boulder, Scott? I see uh. his hand sticking up out of the water. Well, he's, he's got a fish
3: on. He's Brad Pitt in that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I love it.
1: I love it. Yeah, that's uh, that's the the bad thing about the midges is that that hook is so small, and if you can hook up, sometimes they are easy to spit. You know, I mean, you know, you're using a 24, they can spit that hook so easy. Oh yeah, you got to bury that thing. I mean, a 24
3: in or a 26, it's like, I mean, it's like pulling a splinter out of their lip. You exactly. know,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm.
3: It's hard to stay hooked up. You you can't pull quite as hard on those and and keep them hooked up. They'll pull right out.
1: I like seeing people when you show them, oh, this is what they're eating right here in they're a size 24, 26. They're like, man, there ain't no way that fish can see that. And it I'm blows like, me away every time.
3: See it yet. Every time. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll catch a fish. I bring it in, and it's got that tiny – I can barely even see the fly stuck in its lip. And I'm like, how the hell?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just hitting them in the face. A good drift is a great thing on that too. I mean, you got to have a good drift on those flies Absolutely. and on those fish, Yeah, especially if you're sight fishing with midges. I mean, if you're using midges, you can see a fish eating – your sight fishing to them, it's got to hit them in the face. It, they're not going to move a foot and a half to two foot away to eat a midge. They're going to want it to hit them right in the face. So a good, solid dead drift is key, I think, for especially midge fishing.
3: Yeah, yeah. the number one thing for me for midge fishing is fish Steve's midges because they are <laughs> freaking badass, dude.
1: You son of a I father. always catch fish yeah. on the midges that they're he ties good. for me. I know. And uh, and Steve was showing us his midge box that he's going to be filling up. I can't oh wait my to see goodness. that thing finished. That thing's
2: going to be so packed with flyers. Dirty, dirty. I should I get Steve it. to fill my box. Yes, oh, dude, you should. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah, he ties some nice stuff. Nice stuff. Cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's uh, yeah, Any
3: chance you get to have Steve fill your box, you're going to want to do
1: that. That's nasty. <laughs> Nasty, <laughs> Gino's like. Oh, uh, wait a minute! What kind of podcast is this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> U <You> porn <laughs> box filling? <laughs> <Yeah>. what the? <laughs> Damn it, Bobby!
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, great. Well, if you guys got any questions on midge fishing, feel free to uh, contact me, Steve, Scott, or if you are friends with Gino, by all means, he's the guide here for fifty two eighty. Do it, yeah. Especially going into winter. So yeah. mm-hmm. cool, midgy time of year. Yeah, it is getting midgy eggs are finishing up and that's all they're gonna have mostly. man
3: around here i tell you in the front range i'm fishing i'm fishing midges in the winter time but i fish bws all yeah, year long mm-hmm. i love it i love them cool well since we have gino here
1: Let's get in here and know Gino a little bit. I'm, I'm excited to find the ins and outs of
4: Gino. To know yeah, me as to love me. Absolutely. I know. I've only so,
1: ridden up to Wyoming <laughs> with you before in a four-hour.
4: Scintillating conversation, wasn't <laughs> Yes, it, it was. Yes. Yeah, so we're
3: excited it. to have uh, 5280 Angler as a sponsor. And, yes. Uh, and Gino, Gino is their number one man of the hour guide.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You think that would be a fair call?
3: He's the best guide <laughs> in the room.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, the
3: best 5280 angler guide
1: Exactly, in he's in, He's on point. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Uh, how and why did
4: you start guiding for 5280? Uh, at the time, I was, uh, I was guiding for Angler's Covey. <clears throat> had an opportunity to go into Boxwood. It was a preseason special. Uh, they were waiving the guide fee, you know, pay the rod fee, go on in. And I met Tim Schoenborn, who was Jay's original partner. And, uh, I know Tim yeah, I know Tim as well, yeah. well we, we, we all love Tim, we missed Tim <laughs> I do I miss him I was, great, too. I was trips, up at Decker's
3: I was up at Decker's shooting ducks today thinking about Tim
4: <laughs> And so I hadn't told Tim that I was a guide that day I was just fishing and I guess he liked my style And good conversation And one of the guys at lunchtime Told Tim that I guided for Covey And he was wondering if I'd be interested in guiding For a 5280 angle They had just hung their shingle They hadn't even, haven't hired any guides yet so uh, he mentioned my name to Jay Baiki, owner of 5280 Angler, wonderful guy, great friend, great guy to work for, I tell you. And so Jay had called me and said, Well, <clears throat> Tim said some good things about you. I'd like to have you take me into Cheeseman Canyon and guide me. So I had an on stream interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> the Jay. best time, man. I love it. So, so we went in, we had a great time, and uh, you know, the rest has been history. You started, I was their first guide, and been been loving it ever since. Left the Covey. Can't say anything bad about the Covey guys. Great group of guys. I oh, yeah. really enjoyed working with those folks. But I liked uh, the vision that Jay had for 5280 Angler, where it was going and how it was going to grow. And I definitely want to be a part of that.
1: I remember when uh, 5280 popped up on my radar. I was guiding for Hook. And uh, the owner of the guide service was like, hey, do you see this new guide service coming through? And I was like... Who is he? He's like 5280 Angler. And I was like, man, I don't know any of those guys. And then I slowly started to get to meet all you guys, and I was like, oh, man, these dudes are legit. That was back in the days of Dave Kemp and all them. Dave Kemp, yep, yep. Yeah, that was way back in the day. So uh, it's so nice to be on the outside. I've done trips for you guys, but most of the time watching you guys grow and just becoming – the deckers and And we have grown we've
4: grown considerably huge amount yeah
1: i'm digging that you know
4: we've added several more guides to our guide staff oh yeah all great guides all with all with experience uh really enjoy working
1: very knowledgeable guys i mean i know pretty much all the guides that you guys got on staff (laughs) and these dudes are on point i love these guys and you know a lot of guys talk about oh i'm a fly fishing guy these dudes (laughs) back it up i've fished with them before I fished with them in Colorado. I fished with them in Wyoming. They don't play. They don't play. You they know, a real the testimonial
4: hammer. to your service is the number of repeat anglers you get. There you go. And we get yeah. a lot of repeats. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Anyway. I've got a 5280 angler story. I had an interaction with uh, one of their guides up at uh, the Dreamstream. I was fishing a spot and uh, it, it was a very well-known, very productive spot. And, uh, one of the guides walked up, and I didn't know him, and I didn't know he was fifty-two eighty angler. I found out after the fact, but uh, he had an elderly—I mean, you know—pretty old uh, client with him and the guy was kind of struggling and he's like ah well we'll just hang out here and take a little break and the guide asked me I was the only guy in the spot and it's a pretty big spot and it's one of those where if you're with two or three buddies it's you know you can all fish it uh, and he was just like hey man how's it going and oh it's good it's good and and he's like if if you wouldn't mind I'd I'd love to put my client on the other side of this downstream of you if you know he's like it's your water you're here it's all good whatever so I'm like, sure, man, no problem. Put him wherever, and and the the guy was, you know, I there weren't any fish working where he was at the time, and so uh, you know, eventually I was like, hey, bring, you know, bring him over on this side, and I'll work around the other side because it was it, it's harder to fish from the other side. It's deeper, it's a little mucky, right? And this guy was clearly having trouble uh, staying on his feet on the dry land, even (laughs) not to mention waiting. And so he worked around to the other side and, uh, he ended up hooking up with a huge Brown and you were like, "Damn!" no, 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 dude. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was, he was just beside himself and ended up coming off. But he was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever experienced. And he was like, I'm done. I'm good. I'm good to go. You know? And so I was heading out at that point. I'm like, ah, you guys can have the spot, whatever. You know,
4: that's the kind of courtesy, I'd like to see more of on the river. Exactly. We don't, we exactly. Don't see much and of
3: that so, anymore. you know, I was like, "Hey, that's that was way cool." You know, a lot of especially guides will just come up and start fishing. They'll put their client, "Yeah, you fish here, you fish here, whatever." They Box, don't even yeah. look at you, you know. And it's like, what the hell? So the way he approached me, I was like, "Bring him in, man. Let's do this." Right. And so, uh, a few weeks later, I was up at Boxwood with you, Rob, and uh, that dude was there, and I'm like. Hey, I know you, you know, and I kind of mentioned it and he's like, Oh yeah, I remember that. He's like, dude, I totally appreciate that. That was so cool of you. I'm like, dude, you did it the way you approached me, the way you showed me that courtesy. That was the reason why it went the way it went, you know, because so many people just like, well, like you said, the guides will just jump in there and throw their clients in and whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. See that's what it's about, man. It's uh, it's everybody being
1: nice to each other. Everybody doesn't have to fight over the fish. There's right. plenty of fish. Yeah, it's just you know, and and every time I see a guide or whatever that I see somebody or if somebody's struggling, I'm like, hey man, well, you can slide up into here. I've done it to Gino before. I've done it to Jeremy, all those guys. Hey, we're fishing down here. If you get on a hard spot, come down. We'll push out of the way. Yeah, you know. So uh, that's uh, but I will have to say, my 5280 story was. I was doing a guide trip with two clients at Bridge Crossing, and I was up a little bit (laughs) higher. told me about that. I told Scott. I was up a little bit higher, and Jeremy came down. I was like, hey, man, you mind if I slide these two dudes right below you? And I was like, man, bring them on here. Yeah, no worries. Man, Jeremy takes his clients in there and starts railing fish. (laughs) My guys are up there like whiff. Whiff, whiff, <laughs> and i was like after about the fifth fish i was like hey guys we should probably eat lunch and move on up i was like damn it Jeremy
4: kicked my ass i'll tell you clients. what jeremy is an outstanding guide <laughs> oh dude that i know guy knows the south platte
1: he does yeah i mean i was like i can't stand here and have clients taking whiffs while jeremy's <laughs> clients are just hooked up the whole time and i'm like dang it dude so but that's all right that's all right it is what it is. <laughs> what waters do you guys mostly guide on?
4: Uh, predominantly, you know, we're public water. Uh, deckers, uh, Dreamstream constitute two of our primary areas. Perfect. We get some requests to go into Upper Cheeseman. Um, we That's lot, fun, huh? We, we, it is. It,
1: it, <laughs> <laughs> it's a heck of a walk in there.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know it is. Um,
3: so when you – oh, sorry to interrupt, but when you guys do that, do you typically go in from the top and go back out that
4: way? Or do you put a car at the bottom? We, and... No, we go We go into the top. We only we can only guide about 200 yards down from the, the sonar counter. Okay. There's only a limited amount of area up there we guide. So we don't get very many requests for it. And yeah. it is a tough hike, so I always remind anglers when they're speaking about wanting to go in there that – You've got a two-and-a-half-mile hike in, and it's yeah. pretty arduous. So well, we have pack packer gear in, so they they know in advance what to expect. You fish all day, you got to make that hike out, so they got to understand that. That that's sometimes discourages mm-hmm. folks. That's a tough hike out. It is, is it a is. tough I mean, the hike only, out.
3: Whenever I fish Cheeseman, it's with multiple people, and we leave a car down below, and we drive up to the top, hike in, and then fish our way out. I do not want to hike back out the We'd top. We'd love to do it if we could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you guys would.
4: <laughs> um, private water. We do a lot of private water. We are the premier outfitter for Boxwood Gulch Long Meadow Ranch, so we do quite a bit of trips in there. That's fantastic. what the hogs are. It's an awesome facility. If you, I love Long Scott, Meadow. you said you've been up there before. I don't know if you've been up there, Steve. I have. Oh, yeah. I this got last summer earlier outstanding. This year. Get, uh, Dan Moritz, owner of Boxwood Gulch, leases uh, the property at Long Meadow. Uh, what, a, what a fantastic service he provides. And that's yeah, a full. If you've service. never had an opportunity to go to Boxwood Gulch. You really have to uh, have to go in there. It's, yes, it's
3: amazing.
1: I mean, you get hot lunch. Everything's taken care of. You're you're looking for that thirty inch fish all day. And they're there. Is, oh yeah. No, oh, they're, they're there. there. There's yeah. a lot of them. A lot of thirty inch fish. It's a lot. super fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've done a few trips with you guys out there, and you guys always seem to be posting up big fish. I mean, I'm sorry, Steve. I, I, I don't get you on those fish. Sorry no, <laughs> no, you don't get me on the big fish. Yeah, not like, the
2: thirty inches. We're we're, we're working with the. 60 What's up with that? Well, not, you're
4: not using uh, Steve's midges, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs>
2: I'm like, oh, that shit ain't gonna work. you dude.
4: got me. Cool. Like, <laughs> I mean, you and got and they're working now. Midges are working. <laughs> Rob's
3: that. like, no, man. We need to throw a triple Pat's rubber legs <laughs> rig. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. got, <laughs> got us close. You got us close to well, thirty inches. That might have been your rig. I, I got it close. Bottom the other day. Yeah. No. No. Not mine. Yeah, it wasn't Steve Scotty's. If it's got rubber legs on there, ain't mine. It ain't. No, yeah, it ain't.
4: Yeah, we also I, got Blue River.
1: Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah we, we have got, Blue River. Yeah, um, I did a trip with Luke there. Uh, I don't know if it was this summer or last
4: summer. Yeah, I remember doing that. That was fun. Got Clear Creek. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done a few trips in there. We have access through Rocky Mountain Angling Club property, so we do quite a few trips on Terrell. Oh, yeah. Fantastic venue. Great, great dry fly fishing in there.
3: Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool up there.
1: You ever been up there, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's a smaller creek, but I like mm-hmm. it. Just like you're saying, Gino, ton of dry fly. Tons of fish. Yeah.
3: Just bring one box. You can go up there with your two-weight or whatever, your three-weight, whatever your dry fly rig is, and just throw nothing but dries all day. I love that. I love that.
1: So uh, I do got a question for you. Funniest thing that's ever happened while guiding? We all got one. I know you got one. Digging them archives. What's the funniest thing you're just like, oh, my gosh. What is it?
4: The funniest thing, huh?
1: The funniest thing.
4: <clears throat> I had a Or you can go with the weirdest. I don't care. We can do funniest or weirdest. <clears throat> so I one time had a had a guy booked a three-person trip, him, his buddy, his buddy's friend. So the night before the trip, his calls me up, he says, "Hey, my my two buddies can't make the trip." And so it's just going to be you and I going in, and I'm like, "Well, that's fine, you know, we'll have a fun day." Yeah, he says it's too bad I couldn't bring somebody else. I said, "Well, it's your trip. You can bring whoever you want." Really? I said, you have someone in mind? He goes, yeah, my sister-in-law and my son. I says, oh, okay, that's cool. Any fly fishing experience? Not a lick. <laughs> I said, all right, well, how old is your boy? He says, he's uh, nine years old. I says, okay. I says, uh, has he ever been fishing? He says, I've, he's never been fishing. And he wants to take him fly fishing first time. Ooh. I says, all right, Well, how, how, you know, I, I got to bring him boots, waders. I said, uh, how, how big is he? He says, well, he's, he's like three foot ten. He weighs 45 pounds. He was like a little miniature little miniature human. I'm thinking, well, geez, when am I going to put this kid in the river? And so, you know, I'm sure and, – and the sister-in-law, she was actually pretty cool. Uh, I was guiding for Covey at the time. I, I took him into 11-mile canyon, uh, Camp Alexander, real easy guide in there. <clears throat> and so the kid had this expectation that I think he was going to catch fish on every single cast. Well, there was just a limited amount of space I could find to put the kid in where the current wasn't going to knock him over. And so <laughs> – At three foot. He'd, he'd make one drift and – And right away he started crying, there's no fish in the river, Gino. And it was all day, all day for for six hours, all day crying, Gino, (laughs) Gino, take me where there's fish, take me where there's fish. And I'm like, oh, God, for love or money, I practically had to put the kid on my hip to get him into water where he could catch fish. So I'm carrying (laughs) this kid like I'm carrying an infant (laughs) on my hip. And helping him to cast so he can catch fish. He did catch fish. It was a tough guide. The whole day just cried and whined. So the aunt disappears at one point. And I go downstream to find her. I find her behind this willow casting, just doing her own thing. And I was calling her Aunt Teresa the whole day because the kid kept calling her Aunt Teresa. And I says, Hey, Aunt Teresa, you want to come up and join Matthew and John? She's like, God forbid, no.
3: <laughs>
4: she's like you're the here. only
3: one getting paid here and i'm like
4: really she's like you see how he is <laughs> nice. so I went to gino's babysitting and daycare i always smoke she goes you know my husband and i were professionals we don't have children so anytime we we want to have children we uh we uh we go see Matt and John, and we come away at the end of the weekend with a resolve never to have kids. That's unfortunate, <laughs> you know. I can't really blame the kid; he had no experience. He, father had never taken him fishing, and I think it was just a means to babysit him. Yeah. Um, kid ended up dumping one of my sages in the in the in the field. We spent forty minutes looking for that. Oh, that was, can't say oh, nice. that was the funniest. It was probably. Did the, you find the toughest it? Oh, we did. We found it. Oh, good. We found it. I wasn't yeah. going to leave without it because I was going to go back and look for it. <laughs> I've had I've had a lot of great clients with a great sense of humor. They've made the day really enjoyable. You know, um, we always try to have a fun time while we're fishing. You know, it's educational. I always make it an educational experience as well as a a fish catching experience, and we have fun. We tell jokes. You know, great times. That's awesome. Great Times. That's awesome. Well,
1: since we have you here, I got the question for you. If you could do one tip from guide to client, what would it be? I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, "Man, I want to book a trip, but uh what would you say going into a guide trip uh you could give a client one tip. What would it be?" Uh before
4: going into the trip, I would say make your expectations realistic. There you go. Yep, Love I think that. yep, I think a lot of folks come out with this uh this perception that because you're hiring a guide, you're going to just catch bucket loads of fish. And, you know, we kind of kid around in the guide circles that some folks think when they hire a guide, they're hiring fish. You know, we can do a lot of things to facilitate that and make your day very uh, a rewarding experience, a fun experience. We just don't have any control over the ability to have fish hit. You know? Yeah, right. And so um, I think if you make your expectations more realistic, you'll have a better time. You'll you'll have a more fun time on the road. Should they
1: do that when they call you to set up the trip, or I always
4: try to do that when I talk to my clients beforehand. I let them know what we're going to do, how we're going to be doing it, and you know they'll ask, "Are we going to catch a lot of fish?" And I'll say, "Well, I'll do everything in my power to to make that happen." You know, we always any guide you hire is going to try to help you catch fish, right? You know, that's that's what we do, Mm -hmm. and uh, but I don't promise them we're going to catch a tank load of fish. You know, you set yourself up for failure, so. Yeah, I would say make your expectations realistic would be my advice,
3: and make your expectations clear. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, you know, like the the first time I hired a guide, uh, I told him I don't care if I touch a fish all day. I don't need a picture. I just want to learn. I've gone up. I mean, this was when I moved here to uh, Colorado from the Northwest and didn't know. Anything about this stuff, you know? So I went up there and I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot, see what's going on. I guess fly fishing's the big rage.
4: I I have a lot of clients that will say that, you know, hey, Gino, no pressure. You know, we're having a great time, beautiful scenery, you know, fresh air. So we don't catch anything, no pressure. We get it. I understand. But I know you're not paying me to come out there and look at scenery. Well, my big thing
3: was I i just want to learn today. I want you to look at what I'm doing. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. I want you to educate me. I want I want to end this day being able to come back out here tomorrow and do it myself.
4: That is exactly right, Scott, and that is what we are. We are educators, and that's one thing that I think that sets 5280 Angler apart from maybe some of the other shops without throwing anybody under the bus is that we are educators, and so – you know, I'm sure you have run into guides where they're more than happy to put you in a spot and have you cast without really teaching you anything. All of the guides at 5280 Angler, we're educators. We're not only yeah. out there to help you catch fish, we want to educate you. We want to teach you courtesy on the river because that's something we're not yeah. seeing a lot of. River these ethics.
3: Days. Yeah, that's huge.
4: My goal is at the end of the day, I want you to leave with more quivers, more arrows in your quiver than when you arrived in the morning. I want you to be able to come back out on your own whether that be the next day, next week, and repeat the success that you've had on a day out on the water with me. And that's going to return – that's going to be that's going to – you're going to get return clients. Yep, that's right. exactly right. And
3: it's like the sh- story I shared. I mean just leading by example, mm-hmm. You know the way, the way that guy approached me showed his client – Oh, okay. That's that's how you get a positive result. is you approach somebody with respect, and you tell them, "Hey, this is your water, uh, but you know we're going to hang out here if, if you don't mind." Wait, so you whatever. don't
1: cast over people's line that has a fish on? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you want
3: your leader cut. Uh, yeah, and
1: I guess I that's, that's just, what
2: you were supposed to do. Yeah, I'll cut that because <laughs> that's,
1: right that's where the now. fish are. I love are. that video. I don't know if you saw that, Gino. I cut a dude's leader. At the frying pan last week, he deserved it. Exactly. That, that. was so Wham. funny, and got a video of it, just dude. I'll tell you, you, the
3: frying pan. I love, I love fishing the frying pan everywhere but the toilet bowl.
4: <laughs> you know, I don't want to give the impression that Dream is this nasty, ugly place. It is a fantastic place. It's to beautiful. Oh, I, I love. I've had humanity. many a great trip on the Dream mm-hmm. Stream, but it seems like when we get into these fall and spring periods during the spawn, you get you get those guys out there that. I don't know. It just seems like courtesy goes out the window. I've yep. had several just recently, this year alone, several experiences on on dream before the water drop where we've had confrontations with other anglers being disrespectful, discourteous, threatening. Jeez, uh, you know that ain't right. I don't. When I have clients yeah. in the water, I don't get involved in confrontations. I'll just back them off and move away and give me them too. The water. That's Just it. Not going to put clients in any. Kind yeah, of exactly.
1: Food. That's a liability. Well, I mean, last year, um, I mean, people were getting
4: nails in their tires. Remember that? I remember. Yeah. Dude, yeah. on the dream, a yeah. lot of crazy things going on. You yeah. know, and it's fishing for crying out loud. Exactly. <laughs>
1: it's it, we're supposed to be a community. You know, I mean, and yeah. that's that goes a long way, but it can be a little. Every, what it is is head hunting, and it's Everybody's unfortunate because
4: one. then your clients they go away with this. You know, as as much as you try to give them a very enjoyable experience, something like that just kind of detracts from it.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, one little forty five second encounter like that can just kind of put a dark cloud on the whole day. You know. Yes, that sucks. And you know, and as the
1: guide, you've got to be able to manage. That too, right? Yeah, and that's that can be hard because I know you, and you're like, you know what? If I had these clients, I'd be kicking
4: your you <laughs> into the ground <laughs> well, right I've now. I had clients tell yeah. me they admired my my patience because, yeah, if it had been them, they would have been fisting with these guys exactly. Right. we don't want to do that. There's, yeah, let's just have a fun time and get out of here and go find other fish. Exactly, cuz there's a lot of fish out there's there. There's a lot of fish. Exactly.
3: Of fish. I yeah. mean, that's a they, the other thing too is I've been up there on days with where it's just every all of the community holes, everybody's got all plugged in there and you just go between where hey, there I don't see anybody around that bend or that bend, I'm going to go down there. There's fish there. There's fish there. Yeah. It's just a little bit further of a walk. Man. Well, and you just you have to fish it a little bit differently, you know. It, there are certain spots where you just you don't have to really think about it you just throw your stuff out there and there's so many fish stacked up in there that you're going to catch something but yeah. if you have some sort of skill going on there you can go fish some of that more challenging water and still have success that's funner me
1: well funner's not a word but i like that little bit of a challenge you know it's fun yeah that is fish, that is
3: that is good or fun it's Rob. good or fun yeah
1: i like good or fun i like that so uh we'll end it for your little interview with Steve came up with his own little thing oh <laughs>
2: you might know what this is, I don't know you might not you might not you may, so we will play a game of m f k do you know what that means? I do not marry f kill I'll give you three things you get to marry one, f one kill one okay okay <laughs> so Gino's like oh, yes.
3: so to marry one
2: means you keep it forever. Uh huh. To and F1 F one means is basically the same, and kill is you never have it again. Okay. Okay. So this week we have tippet, we have indicators, and we have weight. So you get or a split one? or split shot, whatever you want to call it.
4: Tippet, it, indicator, and weights. Yep. Uh, we can do it without the indicator because I teach a lot of indicatorless fishing.
1: So you gonna kill that you one? We'll kill, kill that one. one. All right. <laughs> uh,
4: tippet and weight. Hmm. I would marry weight.
0: Yeah, weight yeah, is yeah. critical.
4: I'm telling you what. There are so many people it's out it. there. I walk by and I look at. You know what I do as a guide. I'm confident in the rigs that I have on my clients' rods. <laughs> yep. when I, but when I walk by other people, I do take a look at what they have on, and sometimes I'm shocked at what they're throwing out there. <laughs> and I'm wondering, I wonder if these folks are hooking up. He's
3: probably walked by me a time or two. <laughs> but but <laughs> is most
4: that a of the time, <laughs> most of the time, brother, they're underweight. They're yeah. dri- they underweight, drifting over the tops of fish.
3: I tell people, I'm like, you are probably one split shot away from the best day of your life. That is exactly
4: right. One split <laughs> shot away, Scott. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> and then so you would F the tippet. Uh, no, that I mean, think we're going to F the indicator. Or, uh, oh, no, no, no. We're going to kill Kill the, the indicator. indicator. Yeah, so marry I marry the weight, marry the weight and f, f the uh the tip tippet. It. Hmm. Because sometimes depending on conditions, whether it's high low, clear, uh tinted, you know, tippet's going to change.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
4: Um whether I'm throwing monofilament or fluorocarbon is going to be dependent on flow and clarity. That's it.
1: What would you do, Steve?
2: Uh I think I'm going to do I'm roughly the same.
1: And me too. I would definitely marry the weight. I'm yep, I'm yeah. in agreement with that.
2: Huge one hundred percent. Dude, I have I mean I have like five things of split shot, different weights, different colors, camouflage, Lots. I've got the tungsten yeah. putty, I've got you know everything that I, I need. I got the
4: putty and I use that boss tin, that non toxic <laughs> shot, because I carry a lot of weight in my mouth. I'm always changing weight so much. I just load up a whole bunch of different sizes. I stick it in my mouth like chewing tobacco, and I carry it around all No, I'm not I carry it around in my mouth like all day. I do the same day. thing. When I change and weights I, out, I'll put so it in my lips and just leave it there. It's so much easier change weight out that much. And folks in the morning are like, wow, you put lead in your mouth? It's not lead. I explain to them what I use. But I do. I change weight a lot. I mean, it's the difference between huge. the bottom of the run, the middle of the run, and the top of the run is can be different. Yep. going to require weight change. Oh, yeah. And yeah. If we're going to be using a strike indicator, and sometimes strike indicators help when you're in braided currents or a lot of chop in the riffles, I might throw an indicator on or have a client throw one on. But I've been teaching a lot of indicatorless fishing. That's good. I love that.
2: And it,
3: again on, that, on the San Juan trip… Mm-hmm. These guys were, were were sitting there fishing, and we're catching these fish, and i 'm showing them i 'm like watch okay he 's going to eat it he 's going to eat it he 's going to eat it He ate it, and I set the hook it 's like you never would have seen that on the indicator exactly your indicator right. didn 't move your indicator didn 't do anything there's there's so much variability in the hydraulics from the surface to the river bottom that you know you think you 're pulling all the slack out and you 're getting a good drift and whatever your stuff's moving around down there. And by the time the fish eats, if he holds on to it, you know, it's another second and a half or so before your indicator registers any sort of stuff. Catches up with it. Yeah, exactly. Mm
4: -hmm. It's putting you in contact with the flies on the bottom and the fish. For sure. I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Well, look at
1: that. You made it to your first MFK. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could have seen his face, he's like, "M, uh, What does that mean? Right. Motherfucker. it was unanimous. <laughs> unanimous.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to move into the uh, Trout Porn World Leaderboard question. Gino, feel free to throw your two cents in. We love it. And uh, Steve, every time we do a podcast, sends out the, the post of what questions do you want to ask the podcast crew that's yeah. fishing-related? We don't need any any nastiness. So. No. Yeah, that that
3: post always goes sideways. It goes south every But we time. usually get a few uh, pretty
2: good questions, We get too. some good ones.
1: Yeah. So we- what do you got, Steve? What questions are you going to
2: roll with? And feel free to, so, to roll uh, in, Gino. Sure. Okay, you know what? I'm going to change it up. I had one picked out, but I got a different one. Uh-oh. So He's what, calling an audible. What do you consider to be an accurate caster, and how accurate do you think your casts need to be? Hmm. That's
1: pretty good. Well, for me, I know that accuracy is a plus because I do fish uh, salt, you know, at least once every other month or so, and accuracy has got to be on point, especially using for streamers. Now, accuracy for sight fishing for trout is a different game compared to accuracy for... Salt water. For saltwater, it seems like it's always freaking further away cast than it is for sight fishing for trout. Yeah. I don't know why it is, but I think it's just because the fish are moving in saltwater, so you got to lead them. That accuracy's got to be on point. Well, and and case. for
3: that, accuracy means you have to land it in the right spot. Right,
1: uh, for where the fish are moving right. to. You've got to anticipate the fish. You got it. Or the pot of fish that are pushing... Um, where if you're sight fishing for trout you can see that one fish eating and you can kind of right. right, i need to lead that fish you know two foot three foot however much weight and letting that fly get down into its well face. plus so,
3: if you're if you're nymph fishing you're doing something like that with trout you cast beyond where you want it and then pull it back and then let it ride yeah so you don't in. have to land it exactly in the right spot but accuracy of the drift is more important than accuracy of landing your cast.
4: Right. I think it becomes more of, a, of an important issue when you're fishing topwater flies. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're fishing a hatch, you're competing with the naturals as well. Right. Um, timing the rise of the fish, trying to deliver that fly in that window, um, giving yourself a better chance of taking that fish when he comes up.
1: And competing with all the other
4: bugs. Well, you're are, You're are competing with all the naturals. Mm-hmm. That's what's
1: sketchy. You got any kind of drag on that, the fish are going to go. No thanks. I'm going to eat this one. This you, you
4: got to account for wind, um, possible drag. If you're casting across a a faster current, you've got to be able to. You've got to be able you got to you've be able to vary your cast. Maybe throw a reach cast right. instead of your standard pillow cast or whatever cast you're throwing. You've got to be. You've got to be versatile. Um, what
2: is that? Yeah, no, I hear you. And then you know, like in, and the whole saltwater thing can be equated to fish in stillwater lakes. When you get the pods cruising, you know you've got to lead them, get ahead of them, and you're doing the same thing. I mean, there's no, there's obviously no drag, so you're still the fish. just you know, and you're watching. Are you seeing mouths? Are you seeing backs? Are you just seeing rings? Because then that's gonna, you know, that's gonna dictate. Well, am I throwing double dries? Am I throwing dry merger? Am I throwing? dry with a little bit of heavier emerger so
4: that
3: is exactly
2: yeah. right Steve
4: well
3: and a lot of times too you'll see those fish are feeding in the film they're not necessarily down in a run if they're off a shelf they're feeding up in that film and you got to land it so that you can account for you know the sink rate of whatever it is that you're throwing uh to put it on their nose as well that is tough and i like that and just think when you're casting
1: to salt and those fish are moving 100 miles an hour <laughs> i get pissed man <laughs> I.e. the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Yes. That's I know. Okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, "Well, you shut up about the Caymans? All right. You got your ass kicked. Yeah. So what? Get over it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm over I just,
3: it. I just, love, I just love how you're, you're all hurt about getting your ass Still kicked butthurt. by the hardest fishing in the <laughs> world. Gino saw it. So
1: that's all right. It's good. What do you got, Mr. Scotty? Um, well,
3: I, uh, I was going to go with somebody asked about camera options and uh, camera tricks while fishing um i do a lot of stuff with the gopro i've got a few a few tricks up my sleeve that was when
1: i first met you you were like hey man check out this video you had a video of trout eating your fly underneath a rock i'll never forget it yeah. and i was like dude that's pretty <laughs> sweet man how'd you get that video yeah. yeah
3: so there's uh, there's a lot of stuff a lot of cool stuff that you can do with uh, with GoPros or other brands of submersible cameras um, we've had quite a few members that have taken some really really badass underwater pictures um, with GoPros or uh, there are some waterproof cameras that are actually higher resolution uh, but you know, with the GoPro, I think they're they're just really versatile. You can do a ton of stuff with them. You can put them up on tripods. You can set them to do kind of time-lapse stuff where they're taking pictures every few seconds. Is um, that what you do? That's what I do for the, right. the hero shots, the grip and grins mm-hmm. kind of stuff because that gives you the ability to not have to be trying to keep your fish in the water and, and – be doing what's right for the fish. Plus you're dealing with a camera and all this stuff. I'll just keep the fish in the net in the water. It's got water over its gills. It's happy. It's breathing. And I'm set. I set the camera up on the tripod. I set it, you know, it's already set to take a picture every couple seconds or whatever. I hit the go button and then I can take my time and, you know, keep that fish in the water, get it up. I can see the red light flash two or three times. Hey, I got some good, three good picks Put it back in the net, mm-hmm. and then you know get that fish in oxygenated water and and give it its best chance uh, for a good release and and survival after that. I like that because um, the
1: water's dripping off of it when you do. Yeah, that. Yeah, the grip
3: and drip. Mm-hmm. Right, yes, I love. That. Uh, so some other things I've done with the GoPro, I've I've put them underwater and just set them out. At, in the bottom of the river just kind of wedge the tripod into the sand where fish are feeding and then back off of it and fish another spot for 20-30 minutes or whatever and just get some really cool footage of fish feeding you know in the in the run and then uh, I've got a floaty uh, little foam floaty thing on the back of one of my covers and I'll I'll <laughs> this is kind of funny I put two adhesive back guides on it. And I take a a level wind reel with a big old crankbait and I run that line through it on a swivel (laughs) and I throw the crankbait and, and, you know, feed that line down through a run and then let the camera go. And it's filming straight down on the river bottom floating but since you got the line running through the guides, the, the camera doesn't spin as it goes downriver, and you get this really cool shot of the bottom of the river going over the top of fish. And That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a cool shot. And then when you reel it back in... When it gets to the end of the line, you reel it back in. The footage that it records is like a fish getting fought. You know, dude, it, I would is love to cool. see a
1: big brown mouth just come up. and So sweet.
3: I had a uh, submersible video camera. Uh, just a, uh, I forget what it's called, but it was a. a video camera on a big cable you could just drop it down to the bottom and you're actually watching it live on a little tv <laughs> monitor and uh i was i was doing it in the saltwater in the puget sound and a ling cod came up and ate it no kidding and i was just Damn i mean yeah. it, i literally like fell back out of my seat because i'm watching it and i'm like oh crap <laughs> it was crazy man did you get the camera i did it okay. it didn't hurt Damn it but it aqua minutes. view that's what did it was you called No, no, no. There was no hooks in that camera, but it was pretty amazing. But anyway, no, the GoPro, man, super versatile. There's lots of cool tricks you can do, but uh, it's really great for, you know, especially like the posse contest we do where you're having to measure a fish. If you're fishing by yourself, putting that camera on Mm -hmm. the tripod – And just angling it down and setting it up to do the time-lapse thing, take a picture every couple seconds, gives you the ability to be kind of hands-free from the camera, and you can tend to that fish and keep it in the water and get your measuring device out there and do whatever because – Dude, I'm telling you, it's hard to get a good measure pick on a fish with three people. Where you got one person holding the net, one person holding the fish, one person holding the measuring device, and a third person, you know, Snapping. taking yep. taking shots. So, I mean, I've got some pretty good measure shots by myself, just having the GoPro on the tripod taking the the time lapse. Do You thing. think Gerald Lee's using that? Uh, Gerald Lee uses a GoPro. Does he? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Can tell yeah. Yeah, and he does a great job. Uh, the great other thing job. with the GoPros is the aspect ratio. It's like the you know the fish eye thing where mm-hmm. it looks like you're inside of a, a bubble. Right. Uh, you m- the I don't know about the the cheaper ones, but the you know the decent ones, the Hero threes, fours, whatever. You can adjust that. You can set it to wide angle or medium or narrow, uh, so it doesn't mm-hmm. have to look like that. So uh, if if you're kind of – a lot of people are like, eh, I don't like to use the GoPro because it l- gives you that big wide That's aspect me. ratio. Yeah. That's well, me. you can change that setting in there. So hmm. read the manual, Rob. I d- I've only used it one time. It's <laughs> brand hammer new sitting
1: upstairs. And I'm like, geez, I got to get Scott over here to show me how to use this damn thing because <laughs> yeah. I suck at it. Dude,
3: I mean, there is just some really cool stuff you can do. I And honestly, I just – I don't have a lot of time. So I I <laughs> – I have so much raw footage that I just haven't been able to do anything with that I would just love to be able to spend, you know, a few hours just going through it. It'd be cool. So when you get done with that class, I'm just going to send you all these raw video files. <laughs> I'll
1: do it. I'll get her done. Edit that get up. Get done. Edit Good. that shit up. Good. Well, that's awesome. Well, um... I'm gonna I am changing mine too. I'm calling Audible as well. Uh oh. But, uh-oh. Yeah, because Gino's inspired me. <laughs> because he also has the raccoon eyes. So I'm gonna go with a uh, tether for sunglasses. Question mark Yes. I do wear tether for my sunglasses. Absolutely. Because uh there's a couple of reasons. Number one, if I don't put the tether on, I put the sunglasses on my hat and it stretches out my sunglasses so my coasts get all loose on my face and everything else and number two I like to have it on the tether because after I get done eating there's always some food left over in my sunglasses. Oh,
2: look at that! That's a hamburger. <laughs> <Get your little laughs> some French fries. Get Snack. your tater tot or something. <laughs>
1: exactly right. <laughs> so it's like having uh, a big beard. with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's always food caked in there. and Like, geez, <laughs> that's came out of my mouth, Golly. Oh, yeah. yeah, but uh, I do use a tether because I have lost sunglasses before. Uh, got washed down the river one time on the blue, lost my hat and sunglasses. So, by uh, having nice sunglasses, you need to take care of them. Yes. Yes. So, uh, do you use tethers?
2: I do. Do you? And I'll tell you my tether versus non-tether story. Okay, I was fishing in the Superfly like two years ago, three years ago. Fishing for pike. Right. with With the eight weight. So, I had my Smiths. And then I had a pair of Oakleys at the time, the you know the shallow, water specific ones. they didn't have a tether, so it was just you know the arms that go straight back. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. so I'm over there on the river and I'm casting, I'm casting, and for some reason, I turn and I'm throwing downstream to get, I thought I saw a fish something, so I bring my you know bring my rod across the double haul. and in the, in the midst of doing that, I bring the line right here behind my ear. So when I bring the rod forward and I you know I finish my haul, Rout the roll. line catches the glasses, shoots them off my face and they land in the middle of the Rio Grande River. They go. And I'm like, "Oh shit. I just lost my Oakley." So then I'm like, "All right, put the Smiths on, make sure the tethers on." And I'm like, "All right, never again. Never again go without a tether because I just lost a $180 pair of Oakley's." Oh Jesus. That, that hurts. hurts. That does. Yeah. And I know Scott doesn't wear a tether.
3: No, no, he's 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 a free. I dude. go raw dog. <laughs> do <Dude>. you? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't worry about that stuff, dude. I'll yeah. set
1: my sunglasses down somewhere and I'll walk off and forget them. And I'm like, dude, no.
3: Dude. See, I'm like, I've got like cheap sunglasses, and then I've got my Smith chroma pops that I use for fishing. Good choice. Um, you
1: use Smith too, Yeah. dude. We're hey. fighting at this. It's just three against one. Let's I'm do a it. Costa Let's man. do it. Costa.
3: So. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm not very disciplined about most shit in my life. But my Smiths, they, they're in the case. They're in the soft cover, inside the hard case, in the Jeez. center console of my truck all the time. I never have them out except when I'm fishing. You can see my, my cheapo sunglasses here. Those are actually pretty good fishing glasses. They're polarized. And if I happen to be in a situation where I use them, they're great. They're, they're fine. But when I'm done fishing... The Smiths get washed off; they get put back in the case, and that 's where they live because I drop them, I sit on them, I do bad stuff to sunglasses, so <laughs> oh yeah, you know I spend a couple hundred on sunglasses that's that 's the only thing I use them for they 're not mm-hmm. everyday wear yeah when i 'm fishing. Day. They're on. I don't put them on my hat. I don't, you know, mess with them because I've I've done it too many times where I have my sunglasses on my hat and I go to swat a fly or something. Oh, and my sunglasses, you know, there's a yellow jacket coming at my face. and I'm like, some bitch. And I swat at it with my, <laughs> and there go my sunglasses, right? <laughs> so, yeah, when to. I'm fishing, the Smiths are always on. Yep. Hey,
4: Gino? Tender. I don't leave home without them. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I uh, I was on a guide on the Dream and I found a brand new pair of Costas sitting in the river. Can I have them? And you threw them right back in there. <laughs> right? hey, you know, son of I'm up. of the mind when I see garbage, I pick it up.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. That you got go to leave way. the place better than you found it, right?
4: Exactly.
2: <laughs> you so, know who <laughs> would like these
1: pieces of shit, Griggs. That's who yeah. would like.
4: Those. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, I'll just pick this up and throw it in the garbage when I get <laughs> <out>. <laughs> on the way out. But no, kidding aside, I you know I look down at my feet and I see a I see sunglasses. Well, I'm thinking they're. Somebody's glasses that broke, and they just yeah threw some the cheapos. River. Pick them up, and I look at them. And I go, well, it doesn't seem to be broke. The lenses are intact; they're not scratched. costa black fins, are bow fins, and uh, no no cor- no croaky. Uh, yeah, so, so, yeah. I, so I kept them, but uh, and I use them. But I'm a, I'm a big Smith fan. I got I got to admit, I like the chroma pops. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm the same way as you are, Scott. I I, uh, I take care of my gear. I come off the water. I take those Smiths. I clean them up. I put them back in the bag. Put them in the case. Yeah, I got a cheap pair of SunClouds I wear when I drive, or if, or if clients need a pair. That's what I got,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep. you know, the SunClouds are good. They're good. They're a good backup pair. They're a good loaner pair. They their polarizations pretty good. It, they just don't have the you know super high quality lens. That's see, what makes them cheap. I mean, right. that's why these are fifty bucks, not two fifty. Right, yeah, and see,
1: that's I'm the exact opposite. When I get up in the morning, I put them on. When I right before I go to bed, I take them off my neck and hang them up i yep. use them all day they're on me all the time well
3: that's because those are bifocals right
1: the, well i did have to get a pair of those too. you guys <laughs> saw that the other day i can't see no more man.
3: <laughs> like, geez. Like, rob's what like know? what'd you say size 26 with 6x i, I can't
1: see my, that shit My old man glasses out <laughs> i can't see them no more that's awesome yeah, so I tethered up. So uh you yeah. know. Scott yeah, I mean, you stuff got
2: to, man. You got two hundred fifty dollars on your eyes, you gotta protect Exactly. Them. So
4: lately we've got this this tether. It's made out of uh, recycled fly line. Oh. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't uh seen that's it. cool. So, it is cool. I haven't seen that. that I don't fl- I think uh, uh, we're gonna be carrying that on our website. Is
2: that the fly vine stuff? Yeah. That's exactly what oh, I've I've seen those. They got lanyards too.
4: They're very they're really nice. They're a little stiff, they're not as uh flexible as the croakies, but mm-hmm they're nice are they like mm. braided fly yeah, line braided. it's like oh, okay old braided fly line it's so
3: so it's not just like two perfection loops on the end of some <laughs> fly line that no, somebody cut little
4: rubber stoppers that just slide over the oh that's they're nice yeah those are pretty, cool. pretty sweet man i might have to check those out then yeah mm. that's uh that's fly a cool vine fly vine. fly vine fly vines oh cool hmm.
1: yeah and so the people that are here that can't see us you should see gino he is the <laughs> raccoon king him and Tim We've Schoenborn. we've all got it
3: to some to some extent, yeah. but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's next level shit right there.
1: Yeah, I, I hear it every day. Yeah, I know. know. I you bet. and Tim Schoenborn. man, you guys had that. Well, side. when I get back
3: <laughs> from a trip, you know, I'm like that too. And people are like, "Gee, I wonder what you've been doing." That's the, the only bad thing about that. Is you can't play hooky from work and then show up the next day and yeah, be like, like "Gee, that. what were you doing?"
4: This yeah. is a this is 170
3: days on the water, dude. God. Yeah, that is <laughs> nice. That's hard earned right there, that's brother. Hard earned.
4: That's it. Hell
1: yeah. Well, do you see a question on there you, wanna, uh, there you want to? Oh, there were a couple to... of good questions Uh-oh. on there.
4: Uh-oh. Gino's going to feel one. I think this was one Steve was going to ask, but passed in lieu of his other question. I, favorite nymph rig setup? Nice. I know and what so, I You know, there's there's so many. Uh, but if we're going to stick to this particular time of the year, you know, we're in the middle towards the end of the brown trout spawn. So and I know much to the chagrin of a lot of people who frown against using pegged eggs i'm a pegged egg. I i'm I'm a pegged egg fan i'll admit it hey Me you know too. what when it comes to clients if if i thought an old shoe dragged across the bottom would catch fish <laughs> i'd throw it <laughs> right you know, in the I, ass that's right <laughs> I, I, you know that's my job We're my job is to put people ass. on fish and so yeah i'm a big pegged egg fan and right now my, my going into the winter my my go-to rig this is, and we're speaking on the South Platte, and it could be Deckers, it could be Cheeseman, it could be Dream, Blue River as well, is an apricot orange pegged egg. I like to throw mm. a, a size 20 black Rainbow Warrior. Oh. I Ooh. I throw it about three inches, three to four inches below that, and then I'll run about 18 inches of fluorocarbon tippet down to either a gray RS2 or a, or a black UV midge. Yeah, yeah. And... I'm telling you, that is money. That
1: is money. Because <laughs> that was exactly, I, I was going to say the same exact same thing. Uh, but since you said the egg, I'll switch it up and go with the squirmy worm as <laughs> your attractor and mm. I don't want to <laughs> steal Gino's stuff. Yeah. Squirmy worm's money, RS2 man. That RS2 is money, too. That gray man. RS2.
4: I like that sparkling RS2. Yes. I got a little you know, version beat. of it. I tie. Well, I. It doesn't have a mercury bead. What I've been Mm -hmm. using lately is a straight hook, like Mm -hmm. a a 101, a little dub body. I got that midge braid that I fold over and flatten on the top with a strand of fluorofiber off the tail about an inch, inch and a half. I use a really long tail on that straight hook. okay. But on my curved hooks, I'll put that little mercury bead. I use a thread body, a gray thread body. Again, fluorofiber tail. I use Glamour Madeira. I loop the wing.
1: Okay, yeah. What I I like about
4: that fly. Mm -hmm. That loop, that little hole in the center is just enough of an air bubble. It helps keep that fly suspended yep. a little bit. And it's, awesome. it's a money fly. Mm. You know, fly. Talking,
3: to, talking about the GoPro, that was another thing I got was uh, I've got some pretty good footage of, of emergences, of, of bugs, and you can see that bubble. And they're they're kind of wiggling through the water column, but you can see that air bubble and it I mean it l- really looks like a mercury bead or a loop wing, like where that air bubble's trapped in the loop wing, yep, it has a shine to it, it has it,
4: it's crazy. I'm how, a big fan of the flash, man I yeah think more oh, flash yeah. To more to yeah I think so too that's yep. awesome
2: hey, and if you're if you're listening, he gave you three key ingredients to flies in Colorado. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, Drop, talk make. about dropping
3: knowledge oh dude <laughs> well, gino gino needs to be here every every podcast
2: 101s madeira and the mid braid hands down biggest three hooks i mean the biggest three materials i use really you know oh, the yeah. madeira
4: because it's braided there's also a little bit of air trapped in those braids right. as well mm-hmm. as in the center of that loop that's it's right. a fantastic
2: material oh yeah dude, i tell nice. my mysis with the uh, mid braid
3: And that's a, you know, the game changer there is a lot of people, you know, myself included, I like the Mercury, you know, the Mercury Betis, the Mercury RS2 because of that bubble. Right. Because I've seen Mm -hmm. that bubble. But when you incorporate materials in there that actually trap air, it's that much more natural Mm -hmm. because it's it's more buoyant like the natural.
1: And with your little looped. uh, The loop knot? Yes. Yep. Dude, it gets even more
3: active. I'm yeah, remind think. me. I'll show you that video—the bluing olive right. patch.
2: It Listen was up on crazy. YouTube channel. Mm. That's, That's
3: it. what I'm talking about. What How you about you, Steve?
2: Uh, right now, going wintertime. I'm. I'm. I like to throw squirmy worms. I mean, I'll, it, it's a great attractor or San Juan worms. Either way. Yeah, worms are always in the water, and uh, I mean RS two is hard to beat. But I'll you know I'll throw like a radiation betas or even like the the black two-bit hookers i oh, really 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 like those lately too. that's yeah. that's a good combination yeah. steve that thing is on point and it's, it's super heavy for being so small right
1: and it gets down there that's what i like it
2: does puts
1: it in the fish's face man that's what i like what do you got scotty for your um, nymph rig
3: well i'm i'm a big fan of the peg bead too in in general um i don't fish a lot of beads uh, but I use that same kind of uh, premise for. You mentioned uh, San Juan worms. I like to fish a chenille worm, but I peg it. Mm-hmm. I mean, same. I, it's not. I, I. It's not the same as pegging a bead, but the way I do it is, uh, I'll tie on a stinger hook, the same you would use. I use the twenty four ninety nine SPBL, which is a barbless hook, uh, size you know twelve or fourteen, depending on what I'm doing. And then I'll tie a figure eight knot in my line about, you know, an inch and a half or so above that hook. And then I just cut a piece of chenille and singe the ends of it with a lighter and stick it through that figure eight knot, cinch it up. And it's essentially just like a pegged bead, but you've yep. got a, just a piece of chenille in there. And when you watch that thing go through the water, I mean, it just, it, it moves like a regular worm. Uh, I generally, yeah, I generally use a tan color or a brown color, kind of an earthworm color, or sometimes depending on the watercolor, I use pink, I'll use red, I'll use purple. Um, and then, uh, I drop straight from that, uh, depending on the time of day, if I'm midgen, if I'm, you know, if it's, if there's mayfly emergence going on, um, I like I said, Steve's midges. Just just pick any one of them; they'll work. But uh, <laughs> no, man, I'm nice. telling you, he t- he ties some little midges that have kind of a mercury bead to them, and they'll have a. I mean, he doesn't waste a wrap, man. The thread wraps, the wire wraps are <laughs> are exactly spaced, and uh, there's you know whether it's gray, whether it's tan, whether it's cream, black, whatever. Uh, if I'm fishing BWOs, uh, Solitude makes a bug that I really like. It's their CDC uh, BWO-emerger. It's similar to a Barzy merger, but it's not quite as leggy and, you know, it's really clean looking. Uh, the reason I like that one is because, uh, again, that the footage that I've seen of the BWOs that, that hatch in the South Platte, they're really, really slim and Skinny. clean looking, mm-hmm. you know they Skinny. don't they don't have a lot going on. They're just kind of a you know they've got gray, they've got olive. They kind of wiggle through the water a little bit, and they're really clean looking. So I like that bug for that. I like a, a thin profile to my midges. Yeah, give them something to eat. Mm. I want them fat, Daddy.
1: Mm. That's awesome. Good question, Gino. Way to pick it out. Gino's going to become a official fourth person podcast leader before we watch out. Right. <laughs> <Great. laughs> Well, good. Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to those new questions next uh, next podcast time. Oh yeah, good job, guys. Hopefully, they answered some stuff. I, before we go any further, damn, some knowledge is getting I'm dropped. I'm telling up you, in man. Here, dude, there ain't no jacking around today. Talk about nope. dropping knowledge. Yeah. So if you ain't ever listened to podcasts, this is the one to listen to if you want to learn
3: something. Mm. Good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just All put right. just put podcast twenty four on loop. <laughs> just on
1: loop. The repeat. Yeah. While you're at the river. Oh yeah. Good. So, Steve, what kind of Trout Porn World leaderboard happenings do we got on? We know we got a few stuff going on.
2: Yeah, there's a posse contest. You got one more day. One day. Tomorrow. Get them Halloween stickers out and get fishing, folks.
1: (laughs) I'm coming in hot on that thing,
2: dude, tomorrow.
3: Last day. Dude, we got to put up some trash. Last
2: day. Go out and get your fish.
1: Last day. Make it happen. And then uh, I heard there's something going on in Wyoming. I don't know.
2: Uh, I think there's a little trip in Wyoming. (laughs) This weekend, uh, yeah, it's coming weekend. The, it sounds it's coming like, like the there sounds like there might be a little butthurt. No, are you going, Scott? No, as we said
3: earlier. Gino, Are
4: you going? It depends <laughs> on if I'm working or not. <laughs> you ain't going. Yeah,
1: <laughs> ain't nobody going in here. I know that's
2: why Chaz that's is right. so butthurt about it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah.
1: Chaz. Uh-huh. So what's going on with that?
2: It's uh, yeah, fourth through
1: the sixth. Green with envy. Get in touch with Chaz I if think, you want to go. Yeah, I think
3: Chaz there's and five, Emily. Five.
2: Five boats, four boats. Four boats, okay. And not a lot, so. Good. Go up and Well, that's
3: all you can fit on private, public. Hammer some exactly,
1: without getting anybody's feelings hurt.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Good. Pyramid (laughs) Spring Fling is officially five months out, so. Wow. Get ready for that. (laughs) We're really getting ready for that. Can't say we didn't warn you, folks. Yeah.
1: And I think Whitney's taking charge of that. Whitney and Jose. Get in in contact, or uh, do they got a page yet?
2: Uh, Yeah, there is an event. Okay.
1: Good. event Page, look yep. for that. Hunting
2: WLB in progress. Full swing.
1: Dude, I will say real quick, Ty done busted a nice nice elk. Did you see that elk?
2: Oh, I did not. It
1: is, it is pretty legit. I'll give it to you, Ty. I was pretty impressed. It was a good one. Not nice. as good as your
3: brother's. Yeah, not as good as Sonny's. It
2: was... Uh, Plus, it was... and then Sonny posted up Tyler, my nephew. Yeah, with got the new deer. Damn, son. Them. Yeah. He had a good time. fall.
1: All right, and Scott da Who's the photo winner for this podcast? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Everybody knows. I don't know why we're trying to uh, yeah. hide it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Brian Robin Holt of hey, uh, Pennsylvania Cred mm-hmm. posted up. Just Good I mean, job, everything guys. about that picture was wicked. I mean, the fish was obviously badass, but. Right. Uh, The way it was framed up, you got, I mean, not only are you talking fall browns, I mean, nothing nothing looks more like fall to me than than a brown trout that's colored colored up with oranges and everything, but in the water were fall-colored leaves, and the way that fish was just kind of framed up in his shadow, I mean... You could see the glare on the water everywhere, but where his arm kind of cast a shadow and <laughs> there that brown was sitting right in that shadow. So you That's could, a calendar picture. Oh dude, dude it, it was is. amazing. It, totally is. it was yeah. amazing. But I'll tell you, man, I mean, we pick one of these pictures every podcast, and I mean for a bunch of amateur photographer you know just fishy Mm. motherfuckers around here yeah people post up some amazing Amazing pictures, pictures yeah and that was one of them so uh so nice work brian uh i think uh you're probably gonna get like an around the world trip um something like that hit chaz up I heard it's a million dollars because no one's actually
1: yeah. even took the price. Yeah. So, yeah. No, one, yes, I'll take it. No one's, yeah. yeah. And, and a, a podcast sticker and a podcast sticker. Cause we
2: can't even give them away. <laughs> so, Well, actually so. Chaz gave them away. So <laughs> Chaz gave them people all that, away. He's like, people shit. that didn't even want them got them. Yeah, like, Oh, I, think, I got a podcast. <laughs> great. I think those awesome.
3: damn things have just been collecting dust in the backseat of his car. And he's like, I just need to start mailing these <laughs> off with everything I sell.
2: Yeah, dude, that's it. You're well, probably-
1: on that podcast thing, um, I think that uh, we need to make a disclaimer about the podcast picture.
2: We do, so because uh,
1: we ran into some problems last. Yes, we oh, did. Last I don't know time. if they were problems. Well, not really. Unless not you're really. on
3: Instagram, where everything's all hashtag and uh, photo
1: Yeah, make sure you post pictures of your own fish, or at least own fish of your buddies. I guess Yes. that well have. I mean, don't fu- you know?
2: Don't don't go on a you know don't go on a guide trip and then. You see the guide service you go with, take a picture and take their picture and go post it in a private group and say, hey, here's a toothy brown we found because it's not yours. Ain't going fly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. FYI, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Own pictures, please. Fool me once. Yeah. Understand. So we're on to you now.
3: So, yeah. I, I mean, to me, I'm just kind of like, you know, if an individual was on the trip and they were there when the fish was caught. And they were you know, I think the I think the lesson is just kind of be clear on what that picture the is. coming hey, exactly. this this was a picture taken by ex guide service of so and so's fish on this trip. Badass yes. fish. Excellent.
1: Man, what the who is this? Oh it's it's Chaz calling us. Chaz is calling us during the podcast. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. What's up, buddy? Better put doing, that
3: Chaz? Better put that shit on speakerphone.
1: Oh, well, okay. Let me put it on clear. All right. You on speaker, Chaz. Can you hear us?
3: My dudes. Hey, what's, what's up? up, dude? What
1: are you doing, what are, man?
3: What are you guys up to? Oh, just doing the old
1: podcast, baby.
3: Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Did I call it a bad time?
2: No. We're what's just, up? We're just getting rolling, man. Don't worry about it. All right, all right. I wasn't
3: actually planning on being a guest speaker tonight, so uh, hopefully you're not already recording. Well, we are, but we're glad that you called in between. Yeah.
1: And glad you could take a break. Wink, wink. Am I on, then?
3: Yes. Speak with us, oh Rodfather. Wow. I'm honored. I'm blessed. You guys do such a great job. It's wonderful to hear your work.
1: Why are you calling us, Chaz, in the middle of our podcast, for crying out loud? We're
3: trying to do interviews and stuff. What's up? Well, I was just checking in to make sure you guys got in contact with the uh, gentleman over at 5280 Angler. Have you guys spoken with him about coming on
1: the show? Why, yes, we have. We take care of our business. Isn't that right, Stephen?
2: Oh, yeah. We don't let that stuff hang out there, man. No.
3: I, I can't believe you would doubt our abilities, Chaz. What's up with that?
2: Exactly. Tell him, Scotty. No, no, no. Nothing like that at
3: all. Although I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with you three, now Uh-oh. that we're talking about it.
2: Oh, hell.
3: Well, it's all about the green with envy trip. You Jeez. know, that seems to be the big hot topic. And we've worked really hard to get a great, great trip put together. And all three of you guys are dogging us. What's up with that? Well,
1: it's because we don't want to infringe on the Sacred River, I Dude, think. Dude,
3: I, yeah, I must apologize. I do have to work, and I'm going to be out of town, so I can't go.
1: Oh, well, there. See, that sums it up, Chaz. We didn't want to infringe on the honeymoon, actually.
3: Yeah, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's funny, guys. <laughs> it is, but yeah. so it hurts. What are you guys up to right now? I think, uh, is Courtney up your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah, she came up to hang out for a couple of days. I think we're going to do some fishing here in a,
2: a day or two and uh, just kind of hang out. Where are you, you going to go fish at? you going to go hit the uh, Old Wind River or somewhere else? Probably the reef, along with every other person in Colorado. Oh, I
3: think we're probably going to get our muck boots on and go fish the Shoshone after they blew all that silt out there. I think those dead fish are probably pretty easy to catch.
1: That's what I'm hearing. I heard a treble hook will really, really hook you up with a peg bead. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say a
3: peg bead on that. (laughs) Since Chaz is the peg bead master. He totally is. Oh
2: yeah, he's got
3: a a rep for beading. I don't know, it sounds like you guys are uh, are next level epic bead peggers yourselves.
1: We've known to peg a bead or two, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, looks like we showed those uh, boys down on the wand how to get get their bead on
1: i saw that james posted up his first picture of a beaded fish very nice and a squirmy
3: oh yeah a purple squirmy oh dirty oh my goodness well do you guys have any uh questions for me or anything since uh it sounds like i'm uh an impromptu guest speaker on the show tonight
1: uh, yes, I actually do. Do you have anything for him, Steve? Uh, go ahead with yours. Let me, well, let me my question is too. Are you ever going to come down to Colorado and grace us with your presence?
3: Oh, you stole my question. Oh, sorry. Oops. Took my well i absolutely plan on it that's uh definitely uh towards the top of the list uh for the the rod father trip uh is to get down to colorado and, uh, fish fish with you guys i love it
1: well thank you so much for the call yeah man this is really pretty cool talked to you a while. Not, yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting it
3: definitely a surprise
1: yes definitely a surprise well, you and Courtney, be careful and have fun, and um, uh, post up some points for Colorado sometime yeah, soon. Please will do. you? W-
3: what exactly do you mean by be careful? Um, well,
1: you know, just you know, wear your seatbelts, and you know, condoms are good too.
3: Jimmy Hat Has- hashtag it. Jimmy Hat.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for the call, buddy, and I hope to see you pretty soon.
3: <laughs> see you, Chaz.
1: See you, brother. Whatever. All right,
3: guys, take care.
1: Bye-bye. We'll go back to Gino, managing expectations. And make it hard. A
2: photo contest. So we are managing what we expect out of you. (laughs) Exactly right.
0: Well, you
3: guys got anything else? I I expect some more badass pictures like like the one
2: that uh, Brian posted up. Yeah,
3: they'll be coming.
2: I'm actually kind of shocked we haven't got a lot of the big uh, browns out of New York. I think that got squashed
1: last year. Dude,
2: it did. I mean, those guys were just getting... Wow. Beat, beat up, yeah, For beat.
3: red raping,
1: yeah. And so
3: everybody's scared to post browns because Rob's gonna go and ape in their <laughs> shit,
1: dude. I don't care if you post you red them. raping my I don't care if you head. post them. Just don't post them dropping eggs and milk for crying <laughs> out loud, man. Have some kind of you know, dude. You know what we need respect. to do? Is catch and double.
3: Get a double going where you got a female <laughs> dropping eggs and a male dropping milk, and you're just like, yeah, we're fertilizing this shit. Wait, wait, real quick. Did you see that pic, that uh video Jeremy posted on my personal page with
1: the brown? It yes. has the dude laying that down, so taking awesome. a nap, and another guy catches a female. Brown, oh, yeah, and it squirts in this mouth. It squirts all those female. <laughs> I was like, That's <laughs> nasty. I swear it was on the dream. I don't know. Gino might have been there. I think it was a
4: steelhead. No,
1: <clears throat> yeah. it was a brown, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, that's nasty. I don't think it was on the dream, though. Yeah.
3: Anyway. I think that was back east somewhere, those yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> uh,
1: they're crazy back <laughs> they're there. They're crazy. Well, you guys got anything else?
2: Go buy calendars. Go by calendars. Go visit our yes. sponsors.
1: Yes, and Gino, thanks so much for coming in and uh, putting up with our shenanigans yeah, and man. all the podcasts. Go check out 5280 Angler. Do you, uh, I, We have an intro and outro for all this info, but is there anything you want to say, last words from
4: Gino Ray? I just want to say uh, it was a pleasure to come up here and chat with you guys this evening. I appreciate the invite. Oh yeah. sure. It was a lot of fun. Um, come out and fish with us. Hell yeah! you, Eddie yeah. Angler. Let us help, uh, let us help you there. pursue your passion.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Help that's us it, man. help you. Go to Boxwood, people. You'll love it. Yeah, yeah man. The guys on Go pool, anywhere so. with these guys. Yep.
1: All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for another great podcast, and we'll listen for our number 25. It 24 helps. in the books. All right. Holla. Tight Peace. lines.
0: Be later. safe. Continue to follow us on social media. You'll find us on Facebook under Trout Porn. Join the ranks to get your state noticed by searching Trout Porn World Leaderboard. I'll make you famous. (laughs) Find us on Instagram at Trout Porn Nation. Our Twitter handle is at Trout Porn. Trout Porn Podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Don't forget to visit our sponsors, 5280 Angler at 5280angler.com and Flystones at flystones.net. May the force be with you. Fat, drunk,
2: and stupid is no way to go
0: through life. Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) Fuck you,
1: fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm
3: out.